On this week's special edition of Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, we're going to celebrate the success and entrepreneurial spirit behind the downtown Little Rock neighborhood known as Soma, or South on Main. Our guests, Anita Davis, Jack Sundell, Hank Kelly, and Sally Mingle, will tell stories and explain the growth and increasing popularity of the Soma neighborhood. Thank you for tuning in. You ready? Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and always informative weekly blog. There you'll read, learn, and make comment about her life as a 21st century wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Son Gray. This show, Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, began with Entrepreneurs in Mind, a platform for me, a small business owner and a guest, to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way. As with all new endeavors, it's had some unexpected outcomes, good outcomes. For instance, this show began with entrepreneurs and wannabe entrepreneurs in mind, but we found it has a much wider appeal because, after all, who isn't inspired by everyday people's American-made stories. Another discovery I find interesting is that many, many of my guests have a spiritual bent and the heart of a teacher. And last, that business in of itself is creative. My guest entrepreneur today, Miss Anita Davis, is uber creative, evident by all the restoration and changes she's made to the once abandoned part of downtown Little Rock, Arkansas, now known as SOMA or South on Main. Born and raised in the small town of Murfreesboro, Arkansas, Anita grew up in a time of downtown communities with sidewalks and locally owned shops. So in 2004, when she moved to Little Rock, Arkansas, and saw a group of old buildings in disrepair at the south end of Main Street, she got inspired to recreate a time gone by and began the decade-long revitalization of what we now call Soma, or South on Main. At the corner of 15th and Main, Anita is the landlord for the Green Corner Store, Lob Lolly Creamery, my favorite, and the nationally recognized Root Cafe. On the next corner, a block down, she lovingly constructed a sculpture garden and named it after her grandmother, Bernice Garden. And in 2013, Anita had the idea of sharing her lifelong addiction of purse collecting into yet another unique and thoroughly modern concept by opening the Essie Purse Museum with a private collection of no less than 3,000 period purses. I love that. It is a pleasure to welcome to the table the shy and creative entrepreneur, Miss Anita Davis. Talk to me about your life in Murfreesboro, Arkansas. Well, um, I was born in 1946, and so by the time I was 12, uh, it was the 50s. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had three pharmacies, and we had three uh, three grocery stores, and um, you know that we had everything we needed. We had a Dairy Queen by the '60s, and uh, a five and dime soda fountains, and um, car, an auto, 
dealership. Yeah, a so, lot of small businesses. Right. Yes, and, and just, so you could walk everywhere, mm -hmm. and not that everybody did walk everywhere, but you could. So uh, I was sort of, I guess I was getting a little training in what neighborhoods could be if they weren't the suburbs where you had houses all together and then the uh, businesses away from that. So... It which was, was the rest of the which was the rest of the world. Right. We were all moving towards suburbs. Yes, yes. And you were still living in a small town, right? With small town qualities. Yes. And conveniences. Yes. And a community. I like that. Yeah. But you went to you went to college. I did. I went to college. I went to uh, two Baptist schools. I went in to uh, Washita, and then I went to Baylor, and then back to Washita because I had quite a bit of fun at. Baylor. <laughs> so your mom made you come back home. I had to go back. And um, so closer to home, yes. So uh, I read you have a degree in science. Is that right? It is. It was home economics back when we had home economics and you had as much science as a physician would have. So is that right? Yeah. Yes. I did not realize that because cooking is science. Yes. People. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it really is. You are a complex woman. I can't follow your whole business career. So what was your business career? Well, it's it's sort of, uh, let's see, what is the word? A little jagged or a little, it, you know, it's not real consistent. Mm -hmm. I know. I, you, 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 you're very creative. You dabble in this. You dabble in that. Are your parents entrepreneurs? Uh, yeah. Well, my dad was in a, a family business. He was a, a lumberman mm -hmm. and t had timber. And uh, mm -hmm. my mother... She was quite gregarious, and she was always involved in things, um, community things, and uh, she would come to Little Rock for Keep Arkansas Beautiful and that sort of thing. So your mother was involved in the community, which makes sense with you, and then your father was an entrepreneur, which makes sense with you, and you kind of got the best of both of those people. I'm speaking today with Miss Anita Davis, leading developer of South on Main in Little Rock, Arkansas, and curator of her very own SC Purse Museum with a private collection of over 3,000 purses. And, you know, if they weren't adorable purses, we'd call you a hoarder. Yes, that's true. And if they were all piled up to the ceiling, that could also be. But they're not. They're a clue. That would be. But they're. <laughs> so are they piled up to the ceiling? No. No oh, good. Um, you've become the driving force in the development of developing the whole south end of Maine, Bernice Garden, the Lincoln Building, the Sweden Cream Drive-In that's now the Root Cafe, and your Essie Purse Museum. The Bernice Building where Boulevard and Moxie, mm -hmm. uh, that was my very first building, and, oh, okay. and I still own that one. And I sold uh, the Sweden Cream Building to Carrie and Jack. Oh, you uh, did? A year or two ago. I, I can't remember exactly. But after they got the wonderful grant... Uh, they really wanted to invest in that property, and it made sense to them to uh, buy the property. So, uh, and we really wanted to keep them in uh, the South Main area. So, Anita uh, Davis, can I just say I love you? <laughs> that was a very good thing for you to do with them. Well, they're they're just such a boon for our area. They're and, great people. Yes. It's really interesting how that happens, and it's also interesting that if you kind of identify your philosophy, other people will, will kind of pair up with you and understand that that's my philosophy too. I want to do that. And it's really just taking care of the land, and uh, of we want a walkable community so that 
uh, we don't have to rely on our cars so much, and uh, we want to uh, make it slow, the traffic slow down just a bit so that we can all walk and not be scared that we're going to be hit. And uh, then also, uh, it sort of makes us pay attention to the litter and the trash that's on the street so that it's not going down into the storm drains and ruining the Fish Creek. So there's all kinds of uh, opportunities there. And the garden is about having more dirt. You know, the dirt takes in the rain and we don't have as much flood. And so we have beautiful little curb uh, knockouts in our area that are uh, actually planted with a lot of beautiful things. What do you mean you have curb knockouts? Well, uh, it's where there is dirt, where you can grow things right there at at the corners. Oh, gardens all the way up to the edge. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And and the uh, Business Improvement District uh, takes care of that in our area. You've been called an accidental real estate developer. Yeah, it was accidental for sure. Our mayor, (laughs) he said you were a godsend to South on Main. That is when you can uh, bring people together and also you offer them things that they need. So 2007, here comes Steve LaFrance and Steve Edwards. They uh, did the Edwards Food Giant. They, you know, he, inter- he bought that mm-hmm. and, and improved it, I believe. And then uh, Steve LaFrance did USA Drug. So mm-hmm. we have groceries and we have drugstore. And then we have some of these quaint little things that we have in our little pocket of the world from Mm -hmm. 14th uh, to 15th. Mm -hmm. The whole place is beautiful. Thank you. Uh, And now it is a home for everything. The Mardi Gras celebration, the beard growing contest. We have a great beard growing contest here in Arkansas. Farmer's Market in the summer. Uh, Your annual cornbread festival. I think it's your baby, isn't it? Yes. Because you grew up eating cornbread. Yes. Cornbread and sweet milk at night. So you're really proud of that. You feel like it was serendipity. Your yes. grandmother's yes. name, Bernice yes. Gardens. And then the building that was uh, Bernice Building yes. is now Boulevard Bread. Uh-huh. Is that right? And Moxie. Which is a mercantile store. Right. Moxie Mercantile. It's a really fun, wonderful store. Would Laura you? Kaler is an incredible woman. She's doing a mm-hmm. good job down yeah. there. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Miss Anita Davis, leading developer of South on Main in Little Rock, Arkansas, and curator for her own SC Purse Museum, which we're going to find out a bunch out about. I had a traveling exhibit that traveled the United States from 2006 to 2011. It started in Concord, Massachusetts, and it ended up in Seattle. And um, it went to a lot of history, small history museums in between, and it came to a ham here, Historic Arkansas Museum. And uh, Bill Worthen uh, rented it, and he rented it again because he said it was the best attended uh, special exhibit that they had. So uh, that gave me a clue that whenever it came back from this traveling exhibit that it might be a good idea to uh, plant it in the Soma area. So the name of that exhibit was The Purse and the Person, A Century of Women's Purses. Yes, that was right. There's not another women's history museum, and basically that's what it is. And women, uh, it's such a a timely manner. We uh, need to celebrate ourselves and honor ourselves. And so that's what this building is about. We are showing uh, the challenges that women have had throughout the time 
we show uh, history decade by decade, and we have not through 1900 to 19, uh, 2000. And so we show purses, what might have been in the purses, photographs of women holding their purses, mm. and then a brief history. So you can see in the case where the teens is, is World War One, and it's a very drab, somber time, and the purses reflect that. Mm-hmm. And then in the 20s, it's more fun, and people are wearing makeup, and so there's makeup in the purses mm-hmm. and uh, s- smoking accessories. and My favorite. Yeah, all kinds of fabulous things. Mm-hmm. So you've, um, you've, you've, the Root Cafe is renovated, and they're in at the corner of Maine and 15th or 16th? Or where 15, are they? Ten, uh, 15 Maine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 15th and Maine, and now you've decided to buy the building right next door because your the person, and the person, a century old women's persons, your traveling exhibit has done so well, you think there's a need for this, and you put it in, and we have to say the Huffington Post once you did put it in, included it in their list of the world's hottest museums. In 2014. Yeah, that was exciting. You were right, because they, I mean, that's no, that's nothing to sneeze about. So I drove down Main Street on the way here, and I noticed how absolutely thriving and clean, like you said, and just full of activity, and there were people everywhere, and I thought to myself, I would be so proud of myself if I was you. Well, look at all the people. Okay, Joe Fox has been there the entire time, and he's right there at the end, just like these other fellows are at the other end. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we have Rocktown Distillery that's just come in. John Brandenburg is working with Joe Fox at Community Bakery. We have a new t-shirt shop, the Escape Place, the Reinvented Vintage, I believe, and uh, South uh, South on Main, the restaurant, and Oxford American. And there's just so many. Raduno, the, uh, you know, know. and then John Bell and Chris Clement. I would just go on and on and on, and it's so wonderful. It's it's very much like you said. You've got the drugstore down Uh there. You've got a grocery store down there. You've got restaurants down Mm -hmm. there. You've got a a green space down Mm -hmm. there. That's Anita Davis from the S.E. Purse Museum on Main Street in Little Rock. In a moment, we'll continue our visit to the booming Soma neighborhood with Jack Sundell, owner of the Root Cafe. Flagandbanner.com's Brave Magazine. Proud to underwrite up in your business with Carrie McCoy. Weekly interviews that offer a mentoring platform for those with an entrepreneurial spirit and encouraging listeners to press forward when facing failure. In other words, be brave. Brave Magazine is distributed twice a year, and our goal is to inspire you to celebrate your own bravery and recognize it in others. Sign up for your free subscription at flagandbanner.com. Flag and Banner's Brave Magazine, always spotlighting stories of bravery told by Flag and Banner customers to our sales staff. The Department of Arkansas Heritage recognized our magazine by requesting all past and future editions of Brave be sent to the Arkansas State Archives for preservation. Advertising opportunities and free subscriptions available at flagandbanner.com. Carrie McCoy chats with another thriving entrepreneur in the Soma neighborhood in downtown Little Rock, the owner of the Root Cafe, Jack Sundell. How did you start earning money to live your dream of opening a cafe? How did you start that? I started thinking about it, brainstorming uh, the idea of the Root Cafe with a young lady who was out at the Heifer Ranch with me named Rebecca. And uh, the two of us ended up in Little Rock and 
continued to kind of develop this idea. And while it was still in very, very early stages, I met Corey, who became my wife later, and uh, she became uh, a uh, third partner in all of the brainstorming and development of the route. And so the three of us worked together for about three years, and we did fundraisers, which you know about. Uh, the first one was at Doc's Pool Hall. Um, at Arkansas Flag and Banner. At the Arkansas Flag and Banner. That's when I met you. We how, just... Uh, how, many, how, how many fundraisers did you have? At, uh, at Doc's, I think we did three or four. That's I can't remember. I think, but too. a few, you know, we'd get a different band each time or a couple of bands. And eventually we started renting the kitchen at... Uh, yes. Christ Episcopal Church at Sixth yes. and Scott Street. Yeah. So we did some uh, some other format fundraisers. Uh, we would do like a movie and a dinner night. Um, did you get enough money at these uh, fundraisers and at and at uh, Scott at, at uh, Christ Church? Did you make enough money to start a business, or did you have to go out and get some a loan after on top of that? We ended up borrowing ten thousand dollars. That's nothing. It really, yeah, it wasn't much. Um, but that was mainly for the Venahood to get a Venahood installed. Um, you know, th- not all of the fundraisers were that successful uh, monetarily, but we did, uh, you know, if they didn't raise a lot of money, then we considered them friendraisers. And That's right. You know, it was a way to build our email list, and it was a way to get the message out that we were working on opening a local foods cafe. And You've raised your money. Now you've got to pick out a location. Right. Um, well, that was, you know, one of the benefits of spending that three years was that we got to look at a lot of locations. And so um, there's a lot of, uh, of infrastructure hurdles to opening a restaurant that make it really, really expensive on the front end. And that's why you very often see when a, a restaurant closes that another restaurant will open in the same location because they already have a lot of those things like a grease trap and a vinahood that are required for running a restaurant. And that's what you did. Wasn't your place an old drive-in or something? You know, it had been, but um, it had it was from so long ago that none of that stuff was still uh, usable. Use- oh. So, um, so during that three years, uh, we were doing the fundraisers. We did canning and food preservation workshops also. It was a lot of fun. Down um, at uh, Christchurch? Yeah, we did those at Christchurch mostly. Um, also at the Universalist Church, we did a few of those. We did those uh, uh, events, like I was talking about the movie, uh, dinner and a movie type stuff. We did uh, catering, which was a lot of fun. You know, we'd have people would get in touch with us who had met us at Earth Day or something like that, and they'd say, hey, can you cater a wedding or can you cater a party? So so then we, you know, we were connecting with people uh, all the time through these different events that we were doing, and people knew that we were looking for a space. For a long time, we kind of had our sights set on uh, 7th Street Tattoos. You know, the, the space. Oh, that would have been by me. I'd have liked that down Well, there. that's right. It would have been really close. Uh-huh. And uh, we were, uh, so we were talking to them. They were building that new space they were in, and they were looking to uh, sublet the old space because yeah. they wanted to make sure that a, a new tattoo parlor didn't go in behind them oh. and uh, take all their business. So they, uh, they were going to sublet to us and... Uh, for one reason or another, that didn't work out in the end. And uh, then we, uh, a friend of ours who was doing some construction for Anita Davis down in the South Main neighborhood, he got in touch and he said, hey, I know y'all are looking for a space. Anita is redoing this building that used to be the Sweden Cream, and you guys should come down and take a look at it. And, um, you know, it was one of those things. I mean, we had looked at probably 20 different locations or maybe more. And when we pulled up there to look at the Sweden Cream, we just instantly knew that this was... That was it. The place. 
Well, it is. It absolutely Felt right, is. You know? It's across from the corner store. It's next oh, to yeah. it's next to the muse- SE Museum. Right. And we've got Boulevard right there, kind of catty oh, that's corner. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. There's great stuff going on, and uh, you know, I think uh, obviously Anita deserves a ton of credit for having that vision early on, and she was uh, really just kind of a, a philanthropic developer. She she brought businesses in that she thought would be good for the neighborhood and the community. And in a lot of cases, would offer really great deals on rent for the first year to help them get going. And, you know, I mean, another incredible thing about the Anita Davis story Mm -hmm. is that, um, you know, she really saw a food establishment as an important thing to the community there. To South on Main. You know, she had helped Boulevard uh, get their... Uh, get their bakehouse in, no, I didn't in that, know that space. Um, yeah, I mean, she kind of, uh, she helped them some with finishing out the building, I think. And uh, and I don't know to what degree, but for us, she, uh, you know, once we had signed the lease, she was still doing some of the, the finishing construction. And she said, let me know where you want outlets, where you want plumbing, where you want things like that. She had put in a grease trap so that it would be more attractive to a restaurant. She um, is such a philanthropist. It's incredible. She built Bernice Garden. That's right, yeah. Which is just I, I heard she came down uh, from, heaven? from the sky on a golden chariot. Yeah, I think that might be right. I think that's probably actually where she came from. Yeah, but then uh, uh, eventually um, uh, Scott McGee, he's uh, kind of a, a mentor in a lot of ways, and uh, he came and took a look at the you know the space, and he was going to give give us some recommendations, you know, or you know just kind of give us his feedback on everything, and he walked in and. You know, at that point, we had tables and chairs, and we had a stove and an oven and an espresso machine and stuff like that. And, you know, we felt like there were all these things that we had to get perfect before we opened. And he walked in, and he was like, this looks great. Y'all are ready to open. Y'all should open next week. And we were like, whoa. And and I realized that, you know, there was a point where we really had to just bite the bullet and, and open. Put your money where your mouth is. Are you exhausted all the time? Well... You know, I, I can always use a good night's sleep, but um, <laughs> we're, we're having a lot of fun, too, so it so keeps creative. me going. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I mm-hmm. I feel a lot of times like I'm, uh, you know, always on the hunt for new ideas. and I think, that's, uh, I think that's what entrepreneurs do. They're always on the hunt for new ideas. I think you are the epitome of what an entrepreneur does. Wow, well, that's so nice of you to say that. You, Thank you, Carrie. You, you're welcome. You, can't, you, you had a passion. You saw a niche. You saw an opportunity, you thought about it, obsessed about it, as I know you probably did because that's what a real entrepreneur does, and you obsessed about it, then you started moving towards the target in a really creative way, and then you felt the moment when you went in there, you had an epiphany, or you had a moment, an aha moment where you say, this is the place, a kind of a God moment. I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs tell me, oh, I just had a God moment. I just knew right then that was, this was it. You had that. And then you just, you just put one foot in front of the other every day as you continue to come up with creative ideas. It's, you know, a lot of it honestly is luck. You've been making your luck. Well, I'm not sure, but I went to a small business class at the, uh, the, you know, the yeah, small, uh, business small business center. development yeah, center, I love them. UALR. And it had all these great quotes and stuff, but I remember one of them that said that, you know, the like a so majority percentage of entrepreneurs, when they were asked, like, what was the most important attribute, you know, or what was the most important thing about their success in opening a business, more than any other thing, they said, good luck. 
That was because they're humble. Well, maybe it is. I don't know, but I've you know I've just kind of felt like you know the the fact that we happen to know this guy Justin who said, "Hey, you should get in touch with Anita," and we went down there. You know, it's just like, gosh, it just fell into place. Like, but if you'd been laying on your couch, it had never fallen into place. Well, so you maybe. kind of make your luck. The potato I mean, chips might have fallen into place. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You kind of make your luck. I do agree. There's a lot of luck, but. You do have to get up off the couch and every day put your foot in front of each other and not exactly know where you're going, but be, but be brave enough to keep going forward. So then, there's the one I want to do because I've never gotten this. You got a grant. And that's how you've done your expansion, I think. That's right, yeah. So that's not luck. Who well, wrote the grant? Well, I, I, I did oh, write the grant. Oh, but oh, oh, oh. I mean, okay. just think about all the different applications that were out there. I consider that one of the luckiest Well, if you things. hadn't gotten that one, you'd have kept going until you got one. Maybe I'm not sure. You know, uh, so uh, uh, another uh, I consider lucky thing. But um, we were uh, the summer before that happened. We um, we we got an email from a group called MBAs Across America, and they what are they called? MBAs Across oh, America, okay. and they're a nonprofit that uh, sends groups of, of MBA candidates between their first and second year, instead of doing an internship, mm -hmm. they'll do a, a six-week road trip, and four students will get in a car together, and they'll travel to six different towns in the U.S. and work with a business in each town and do like a week of business consulting with them. And uh, so they got in touch with us, and they said, we're doing this program. Do you want to uh, be part of it? And we said, sure. And so we had these four students show up and worked with us for a week, and they who taught who? Oh man, I, they taught us a lot. They they said that we taught them some stuff. So so MBAs across America, they come on this road trip. They worked with us for a week, and they interviewed our customers. They helped us with social media ideas. They looked at inventory things, stuff like that. And at the end of the week, they put together this uh, this kind of list of recommendations. And the first one was you guys should open for dinner. Um, your, your customers have mentioned that several times and in looking at, uh, you know, demographic, air, uh, data for the, for downtown Little Rock, there just weren't at that time, a lot of casual family friendly dinner options. And, uh, along with that, we ended up being part of this TV show called Growing America. And, uh, it was following the MBAs as they went across the U S and, uh, it was put on by uh, holiday Inn, I think. And so it was kind of an uplifting documentary about this MBA program. And we ended up being part of that. To make it more exciting, they created this voting component on the show where viewers could vote for the business they considered to be the most inspirational. And we happened to win that. And uh, we didn't know at the time, but the prize from that was $25,000. Um, that guy, Ty Pennington, you know, the one that does... Uh, yeah, I know that name. Extreme Home Makeover, I think. Like, he sends you to Disney oh, yeah. World and bulldozes your house while you're gone. Mm -hmm. um, he was the narrator for the show. And so, uh, before the last episode, he showed up with a check for $25,000. And they were like, you guys won the most inspirational business. Here you go. And so, that was the kind of finale for the whole series. Well, what does HLN stand for? Uh, headline News. So it's the headline news announced the Root Cafe as the winner of the $25,000 grant selected for Growing America. Yeah, the name of the show is Growing America, A Journey to Success. And uh, you can see it if you go to the Root's YouTube channel. 
you can see it on, uh, we have the whole thing. It was about two hours without commercials and it was a six part mini series and they had businesses from Little Rock, Denver and, uh, Detroit, I think. And so it was a really neat show. It talked about how the MBA students worked with the different business owners and, and then that next year, during that fall, we put in the, the grant application with Chase Bank for Mission Main Street, and we found out uh, a little bit after that that we received that larger grant for $150,000, and that was to, to do that expansion that the MBAs had recommended, you know, the dinner expansion. Mission Main Street grants are specifically for businesses. You have to be a business that has a uh, sort of a, a, a social community-building mission, um, they were looking for things like local sourcing or, um, you know, like hiring minority employees, just, you know, lots of ways that, that businesses were giving back to the community. Uh, you had to have been in business for at least two years. And uh, there were a few other requirements. But when I read it, I, you know, I thought, gosh, that really fits with what we do. That's what the whole Soma neighborhood is about, doing things for the people in this vibrant community. Another contributor to that vibrancy is Sally Mingle from Loblolly Ice Cream. So I've got to ask Sally about the name. I've always wondered since I heard it, mm-hmm. Lob Lolly. Where Lob did you Lolly. get that name? Well, do you know what the state tree is? It's a Lob Lolly pine tree. And so I wanted to, um, I actually remember I was at Vino's with my friends and I was trying to come up with a name for my ice cream business. And I told my friends, if anyone can come up with a name, I'll, I'll give you ice cream for life. <laughs> and so I was trying to come up with a name that uh, related to Arkansas because we try to use local seasonal ingredients. Um, so in Arkansas flavors, um, southern flavors. And I wanted something whimsical and fun and kind of funny to say. So we were just looking up Arkansas stuff and um, someone was looking at the state things, you know, the, you know the, the, what the bird was and what the... So what's the bird? Isn't it the, it starts with an M. Mockingbird. Uh, Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Okay, yeah. And then, you know, like apple blossom, I think, is the flower. Um, diamond, you know. We know whatever. the diamond. Yes, yes, we do, yes. But that's because I sell flags and it's on the flag. But go ahead. <laughs> but, yeah, so someone said, oh, a lobwally pine tree. And I thought lobwally was a fun name. It sounds like you have a mouthful of food when you say it. It's kind of a tongue twister. I enjoy people kind of like having a hard time saying it because it's just fun. Like, it doesn't need, it's not serious. It's ice cream. It's not... You know, we're not making... You're not doing brain surgery. No brain surgery, no aircrafts, no spaceships. So uh, no one really thought about that name when they say it. I never really knew what it meant. I just, like you said, I just thought, boy, that's a fun name, Loblolly, and I yeah. just say it. Yeah, yeah. So you decided that you were going to start selling something you love. Yeah, yeah. Mine was kind of an accident, actually. I was working at the Green Corner store at the time, and Shelly Green, the owner, and Anita Davis, the landlord, got all these period piece fixtures from the store. The The store, if you go, it has all these old uh, pharmacy and soda fountain fixtures, beautiful pieces, which the store used to be a pharmacy from 1906 to 1967. Shelly gave me the opportunity to start a soda fountain. I've worked in, in food service, owned a coffee cart on campus, worked at an ice cream store. And so she gave me that opportunity, and I wanted to make everything from scratch, the soda syrups and the ice cream, so I started that. Did you start with the small business incubator in Trinity Cathedral? Is that where you started making? What kitchen did yeah, you Yeah, yeah, we used Trinity to make our ice cream. I yeah. remember and that, was that really actually. Nice to have. Yeah, it was a great opportunity. We were with Kent Walker Cheese, a pie company, and a soup company at the time. Sally, you went from two employees because you have a co-founder with you. 
the co-founder was um, is Rachel Moore, and she just helped me start the business. But now my mom and me own it together. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And now you have ten employees. Thirteen. Talk to me about hiring employees and going from you and the two co-founders. Right. So, you know, in the beginning you do everything and you make a lot of mistakes and you learn from it. The biggest mistake that I've learned is not asking for help. And if I could go back, I would ask for help more. But slowly we hired people. Um, Definitely investing in a good bookkeeper when it gets bigger than just yourself is, is definitely recommended. Sometimes business owners will get tied up in the bookkeeping aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, and no. it is actually the easiest part of your business to train. Yeah, I agree. And making the product, I feel. Yeah. Are you still making the product? I'm still churning, yes. The first thing I delegated was the soda fountain. We have a soda fountain in the green corner store where you can... Uh, get ice cream and sodas and milkshakes and all sorts of stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah the first thing was like hiring a staff to work there so that I could go out and do our wholesale sales and make deliveries and make sure the kitchen has ice cream and so Sally what are the rules and the hurdles you have to get over for the health department in Little Rock Arkansas um (laughs) well if you are making a food item in Little Rock you definitely have to have a commercial kitchen Except, I mean, look into cottage laws, so if you're doing baked goods or some canned things, you can get around it. So a commercial kitchen, you know, has a grease trap, has... Um, Do you have to have a grease trap when you're making ice cream? Yes. Really? Yep. Yeah, we cook things. We pour milk down the drain. Oh, I guess that's greasy. Yeah, it's greasy. That's why I love it. Yep. They care about refrigerator temps. They care about your product being labeled, so you need to look up how to label things like you do all that research online yeah it's super easy oh Um, and the health department's super nice they'll come out and show you what to do and they'll talk to you sally you have a very diverse sales distribution i've seen your ice cream in the freezer section at the grocery store Mm -hmm. i've seen your ice cream at food trucks like chunky dunk Mm -hmm. i've seen it in restaurants and i've even seen it at the movie theater Mm -hmm. don't you (laughs) and i think you have a food truck too right yeah yeah so this sounds like a logistic nightmare to me it's a perishable (laughs) product yeah yeah how do you transport it and how do you restock it yeah um great questions well we used to just deliver it in my car with a cooler and and you know like i started this because i wanted ice cream at the soda fountain and it turned into a business i never really thought like okay i want to go in the food business what should i make if I did, I probably wouldn't have picked ice cream because it melts. And then when you refreeze it, it's not the same. Nope. It's not like frozen vegetables where you can kind of get away with refreezing. It's a very, and but it's a beautiful product because you have to focus on it. You know, it's, ice cream's not like a bag of chips where you can put it in a bowl, walk away, munch on it. You have to like focus on the ice cream. I never thought about that. You're right. And I focus on it every night. (laughs) (laughs) And it's fun. It's versatile. You can do a lot of flavors. But anyways, for delivery, we we now upgraded to a delivery truck. We have a freezer truck. So it keeps it cold upon delivery, which is really lovely. How did you ever do it without a delivery truck with with a freezer? You just ran really fast. You just broke all the laws and ran through the stoplights? um, We had really nice Yeti ice. I recommend it. That product is great like dry ice I bought a lot of dry ice I gotcha but we didn't start delivering to Fayetteville until we got the delivery truck but yeah and then restocking the ice cream it's just all about 
I text mostly to people because everyone's so busy that it's not bugging them. They can get back. But I text my wholesale customers every week to see if they need product. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy and my guest, Sala Mingle, from Loblolly Creamery right here in Main Street in Little Rock, Arkansas. I also read, Sally, that you're always coming up with new flavors. Why? Why can't you just pick the best ones and stay with those? I think people expect us to at this point. It makes us different. We're always changing things up so that people have to kind of look at our Facebook or Instagram or come in and see what's new. And we do a lot of custom flavors for caterings and wholesalers. So if someone wants a roasted banana ice cream with toffee, we can do that. Just last week, we made two custom flavors for a wedding. The bride got to make her flavor. The groom got to make his flavor. And instead of a wedding cake, they had ice cream. So You know you made a flavor for the Dreamland Ballroom? Yes, I remember that. You do. I do, too. It's yeah. when I first heard about you. Uh, so the it's process fun. of making ice cream is tedious. Are you still making it yourself? Well, actually, I started making it, then I stopped, and now I'm back in it. Why'd you go back to it? Because you didn't like the way they did it? Um, no, that's not why. You um, love making it? I could afford now to go back. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that's what you like to do, is make ice cream. I like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so you have like to, to sample every it. one of them. <laughs> so well, is, it's the creativity, is, you know? Is, you want to be part of the creativity. I gotcha. So is work ruining your passions I don't have any hobbies I I need to get out there (laughs) um and also I look at ice cream not as other people do like they you know they use it for celebrate like I use it for celebration but I see it as a work but I really want to hone my craft and make it the best it can be so Sally I think you just explained this to me but what is your philosophy your business philosophy and your business model? Oh, I'm still trying to figure all of that out. But I think my business philosophy... I wish they could see your eyes. You had the biggest eyes when I asked I know. It's like, the, it's it's like, like what's what? the secret to life question, you oh, know? Like, I, I haven't like figured it out. But I think my business philosophy, we have, we say this a lot at um, Loblolly. It's communication, teamwork, respect, and accountability. That's for my team philosophy, and it's a work in progress every day for our team because it's like you're building a culture and a community in itself. But also for my business philosophy is to, you're part of the community, so so be a steward of the community. I love to partner with people and do fun collaborations and give back to nonprofits. And so what we do is we make an ice cream flavor for that nonprofit and make a portion of that sale of that flavor that we co-create with the nonprofit goes back to them. So be part of the community. And then my, uh, what was the last, the, not the philosophy, but the uh, business model model. I I say yes to everything, but I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, I think that's an excellent idea. But yeah, that's how I got to do all these things is I just said yes. Somebody just wrote a book like that and Oprah put it on the bestseller. I think it's... You never know what opportunities you're going to get. And everything is PR and everything, like you never know by talking to this one customer how they're going to become a loyal customer. There it is again, serving the community as all the businesses in the Soma district do. Next up, the reason that this attitude makes a difference in the city. From Hank Kelly. Back in a minute. One of the most popular ways to catch up with the interviews from Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy is on our YouTube channel. 
up in your business with Carrie McCoy. Not only do you find the full-length interviews that air on the radio, but you'll also find highlight reels. If you've only got five or ten minutes to watch somebody interesting from Central Arkansas answer questions from one of the most interesting people in Central Arkansas, Carrie McCoy, check out the highlight reels. Recently featured, Matt Bell, the chef from South on Maine, former Attorney General Steve Clark, former Governor Jim Guy Tucker, It's filled with highlight reels, and you'll get lost in the conversations. Subscribe today, Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, the YouTube channel. Up now on Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a rundown of points that have been published that actually contribute to the vibrancy of a city. Little Rock has many of these. Here's Hank Kelly. Eleven signs for civic success, although you call it ten and a half. Well, James Fallows called it ten and a half, and there are eleven but I'll get into why it's a half All right. in just a minute. Let's start. Which one do you want to start with? I wrote them down in case you need help. Okay. Well, I've, I've got them right Okay, here. good. Um, first, people work together on practical local possibilities rather than allowing bitter disagreements about national politics to keep them apart. That's so important. So, that one was – that one kind of surprised me. Well, it is critical, though. So if we get on opposite poles – because one of us is red and one of us is blue. Right. And we can't go solve the school district issue. What good does that do if we're apart and not willing to work together to make our local place a better home? We don't take the time to listen to a different point of view. And a local view. And, and to take and, care and of a local, local stuff. View, but the importance of diversity, and it's critical, if you surround yourself with people that look like you and think like you, you never grow. Right. You just hear the same conversations over and over and over. Which brings me to another one of the uh, 11, inclusive and open to attracting new types of people. So we're on a mission at Club 99, the Little Rock Rotary Club, to make our Rotary Club look like our community. And it's a mission. We have a separate committee that's a division of our recruiting committee that is the diversity committee. And the diversity committee is chaired by my friend, Dr. Ashwin Vibacher, who's an Indian man, a dear friend of mine, uh, I, our friendship goes beyond Rotary. We've traveled to India with him and his wife. We've gone to a family wedding in India. And if I had not experienced that, I wouldn't understand some of the diversity challenges that I faced internally. I also was lucky enough to go as a chaperone with UA Little Rock to Shanghai, to Xi'an, and to Beijing, and that opened my eyes. I'm a chaperone. I'm learning as much or more than the students are by the experience of interacting with the people. So if you don't have the ability to just spend all of your life traveling and meeting people, then it's just necessary to open your heart and your mind to someone that's different than you. And live through them, live through their travel experiences, live through the experiences they have had as a Jewish person or as a Hindu or as a Christian 
or is an African-American. And don't limit your knowledge as a person to just what you know. And so it's just the basics of humanity to me. Simple. The more you're exposed to, the more you grow. There's um, nine more. You want me to pick it? Oh, uh, you can pick one or I'll, I'll hit the highlights of them. Hit it. So you can pick out the local patriots. Who are our heroes? Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Okay. So, so you know, Mayor Frank Scott is trying to lead this city right now and help us get our swagger back. That's part of his motto. I want to help him with that because swagger is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And our former president, Kenny Gibbs, mm-hmm. he's got swagger. Oh, president of Rotary. Yeah, Kenny Gibbs had swagger. He did. So, well, he was a boxer. Yeah, he was a boxer. you got to have a swagger to box. You sure do. So, but, but the point of that is be proud of where you live. Don't dwell on the negatives. Highlight the positives. Work to improve the negatives. But don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't be ashamed of where we live. I'm so proud to live here. I wouldn't live anywhere else. You're a cheerleader for here. You really are a city cheerleader. Thank you. And I think city pride is important. And I think people, and I think that's what Frank Scott's trying to do, is really bring up city pride. We had Ned Permy on who said that he had no idea. He came from... He was coming from Mobile. Mobile, Alabama. Mm -hmm. Mobile. And he came up here and said, I couldn't believe that Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas, had so much to offer. I fell in love with the place, and I left the beach. I can't believe I left the beach. So he bought a tanning bed, and he stays. <laughs> no, but but you're right. It's a wonderful place, and we need to be proud of it, and we need to toot our horn and not talk about the Absolutely. things it doesn't have. So the other thing is um, public-private partnership is a term that's used all over the world. It's all used especially uh, among municipal leaders, but having a real public-private partnership. Who would you say that is? Well, it's a project. So let's say that if you go to the Gateway Development where Bass Pro is. Okay. Okay. I, I, 430 and I-30. Okay. That was a public-private partnership by virtue of the developer, Tommy Hodges, applying for and utilizing a TIF project to build some infrastructure and streets and sewer connections that allowed that development to get started. Now, look at what that looks like today compared to what it looked like 10 years ago. And if you don't see the value of a little bit of investment from the public sector to make that happen, then you're just blind. Yeah, that was a great addition. Uh, they have, um, I, was, I thought it was interesting that they had three conversations about schools, a research university, an innovative and unusual school, and a reputable community college to fill the inequality gap. And we had all three of them. We have all three of them. That's the beauty of this book is if you read the book and you compare the other cities and towns that he talks about and their assets and their challenges and you compare Little Rock to that, we have the solution to nearly every one of his 10 and a half or 11 points. And the schools that we have available to us, including a variety of good variety of, of, of both private, public schools at the high school level. And then you go to the college level and you've got UA Little Rock, which is a research university. That's one of the key ingredients. 
Yes, a research university brings new students, professors, smart people. It's akin to having a river or a harbor was once to a to a community. It's the flow of intelligent people. It's the flow of intelligent people. So then you have Pulaski Technical College, which is a fabulous two-year institution that prepares people to either go into workforce directly or go on and finish a four-year degree. It's the inequality gap for the people that can't do the four-year, that need to be working faster in two years. And it's a good one because there are some um, community colleges that are not very reputable, and ours is extremely reputable. And so you also have other community colleges that support the UA system that enter in and around central Arkansas that can actually interact with UA Little Rock. There was an article recently, I think this week, about UA Fayetteville interacting with its community college in Bentonville and that they're seeking that kind of relationship with other community colleges. And so the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville has awoken to the idea that they've got to do a better job of taking those two-year degree students and finding a way through scholarships and programs to get them through a four-year program if that's what the student wants to do. UA Little Rock's been doing it for a while. That's right. And and they've been doing it at the local level. And so what we know about a, a graduate from UA Little Rock is they've got grit. Very few of the students that go through UA Little Rock have it handed to them on a platter. They may be working part-time. They they may have had to delay their education because they couldn't fund their own educational system, so they might enter college at 20 instead of at 18. Uh, they might work while they're doing it, so it might take them five years to get through a program or six years. But the people that we've hired that have graduated through that work study program they really want it they want it they're hungry they got grit they're intelligent and and they're focused because they work so hard to get through that education so it's a it's a bonus and a bargain to get a student that's gone through it the hard way and the um i thought this one was interesting which i've never thought of an innovative unusual school and if that's not the clinton school of public service i don't know what is or you look at the east m schools they're very innovative. Uh, so the latest East End School is down on Shaw Street, right by Heifer International. And they're educating kids at a very high level at this point. And so it's a great, great system. Uh, our fellow Rotarian, Mike Poor, is giving his heart and soul to this school district. And I, I believe he's got many choices of places he could be, and I'm thankful that he's here now. That's nice. And, of course, everyone knows this one, a great downtown great downtown we're so lucky in little rock relative to the size of our community we have a 40-story building downtown that we're involved with we also have the river market area we have soma we have so many entertainment areas to go to Um, i was speaking to one of our fellow rotarians that lives just on the other side of soma and he talked about how nice it is to leave his home walk to a number of restaurants that are just within two or three blocks at most from um, his home and people that live in 303rd River Market Tower regularly walk out of their condominiums, walk to restaurants like Samantha's, like Bruno's. Um, I love Flyway Brewery over in North Little Rock. It's just a fabulous setting and it's just 
Yeah, the Argenta district in Northern Rock. The, Northern Ar- the Argenta great. district is on fire. I know. You, that uh, speaking of breweries, Craft Brewery was actually one of the eleven things. It's that the makes half. It good. It's, it's the half. It's the half. It's the half. I thought you were going to say but, it was the Craft Brewery. James Fallow says, and I believe it's a great indicator of the spirit of your community. So if you have breweries and distilleries, not that we're promoting. You know, excessive drinking, but 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 what they show is that there's enough support among the younger people that love to have fresh brew. Yeah, they go out and spend brew. money. Yeah. And, and 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 that determinant, he says, is direct. Well, they also are the next people coming up. If you don't have the young people, your community is going to be that, dying. That's right. And finally, we visit again with Anita Davis and a thought about the neighborhood south on Main Street in downtown Little Rock known as Soma. I've heard you call this end of South Main the feminine area of Little Rock. Yes, because I feel like it's a, a kind of a, a warm and friendly place, and um, it is something that has, this whole area has suffered, and I feel like it is a part that uh, really is in need of nurturing, and a, a, a woman is a nurturer by usually so can't help it we can't uh-uh. help it nope if it's broken we'll fix it try to anyway we'll try to <laughs> <laughs> so what's next i know you got something next don't tell me you don't because i know you do look she's not wanting to know if she's going to tell us or not it's to be continued what do you want your legacy to be you know i don't really even like thinking about my legacy it's sort of like you live your life and then other people can kind of figure out what it is that was important uh thank you so much for coming on thank you so much carrie it's fun to tell your story it was great to hear your story man oh man you're an inspiration to all of us uh for those listeners who might have a great entrepreneurial story they'd like to share send a brief bio and your contact info to me carrie at flagandbanner.com and someone will be in touch and to all thank you for spending time with us we hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it whatever it is will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Subscribe to podcasts wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream.